Blog Talk Radio.
thought of another one, Jan Karen's Shepherd's Abiding, and she has many fans out there, and they'll be familiar with this one. It's not new. But it chronicles the adventures of Father Tim, who Karen's fans will know, and he discovers their nativity scene, and he decides to fix it, and of course involves you know, other characters in the town. And Aaron Hildebrandt's Winter Street opens with a dispirited and disgruntled Quinn's family who've lost their holiday cheer until Santa goes missing. And they all help with the um, search. These are all contain these are contain light, sentimental, feel good themes. Well, um, you know, it, it, some of the, the, the books even uh, go back to the classics uh, when you talk about Christmas themes. Uh, there's an Agatha Christie uh, book that features her quote. I can never say his name, Poirot. I can't say his first name, but Poirot. Um, who yeah. He's trapped in a in a house with a family where he's coming for Christmas and one by one they start they uh, start dying off. Um I think that's called a Hercule Perot mystery or a Christmas. Um uh, Reese Bowen has a uh, one of her uh, royal spyness mysteries uh that also takes place at Christmas. Uh, and people start dying off in the house. Uh, even uh, Lee Child uh, has gotten on the Christmas bandwagon with a short that's now available, a short story uh, out on Amazon called The Christmas Scorpion, although I'm not sure how Christmassy it is. I think it just takes place at Christmas. But there's also books that aren't just based on Christmas, uh, but involve Christmas as uh, a part of the the background. Uh, you know, sometimes it's in a significant way, other times perhaps a little less significant. Think of Bridget Jones' Diary. I know this isn't a mystery suspense, but I love Bridget Jones, um, where Bridget and Mark Darcy meet. Um, you know, he's he's at a, it's at a Christmas party, and he's wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. Bridget doesn't much like him, partly because he's wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. Uh, Of course, since this takes place in uh, England, they call it a Christmas jumper. Um, But she later finds out that it was a gift from his parents, and that says something about his character that becomes important to her uh, later. So there's, you know, different um, stories that work Christmas into the the plot, um, but it's not the the sole piece of the the story. That reminds me, another one is called Silent Night by Mary Higgins Clark, and it too is not new, but it's popular. Um, and it's a Christmas story. It nevertheless involves a child kidnapping and uh, the New York City police and the mother are desperate in a search to find him and catch a kidnapper. Uh, the father's in the hospital uh, being treated for leukemia. And so they're out there on the streets in New York, you know, trying to find where this child is. And in this particular case, I think silence night signifies the quiet before the storm. 
you know, the unfortunate web that people find themselves enmeshed in through no fault of their own. Like what the child does is he sees um, a woman pick up uh, the wallet that her, his mother dropped, and so he follows her. And, of course, that leads to the kidnapping. Um, and then it also like depicts the quiet desperation that poor people like Callie, who is also involved in the mystery, and she's a single mother, and it shows the hardships that they face. You know, that's, um, that sort of idea of evoking um, emotion is uh, mm-hmm. something that authors frequently use just to convey a particular message in their novels um, or to ramp up the emotion uh, or the horror. Um, A good example is the classic James Elroy novel, L.A. Confidential, where uh, the sort of the inciting... Uh, incident for the whole plot is uh, a massacre by police that takes place in a a police station during Christmas. So, um, you know, that happening at Christmas makes it even more, you know, I don't know, more awful. Uh, Another one uh, that I can think of is um, a book. Actually, the book is called Six Days of the Condor. Uh, And you may be more familiar with the movie that was uh, sort of changed into Three Days of the Condor. And in that movie, which is a, a departure from the the actual novel, but the director decided to set that during Christmas. And, and for those of you who don't know, it's it's about a oh, a sort of a low level uh, or a bookish intelligence guy who um, comes back to his office um, and finds that. When he he goes out for lunch and he comes back to the office and finds out that everybody in his office has been killed, uh, and then he goes on the run. Well, that uh, run and the danger he faces is made even more poignant by the fact that in the in the movie they have um, you know Christmas carols in the background and. Families going around doing Christmas shopping and Christmas decorations. So th- that is a, a tool that is used both in books. I know we're really talking mostly about books, but um, the, this uh, sort of use of Christmas in Three Days of the Condor, I've always been really interested in. Hmm. Well, let's expand our focus a bit and go beyond the holidays. And we'll talk about the winter season. And there are many books out there which use winter as a backdrop, a kind of a setting that can convey a particular feeling or help move the plot or the suspense in a particular direction. And Dying for Vengeance, uh, my first book, I use an actual Valentine's Day snowstorm 
to you might remember that if you're from Pennsylvania um, to signify separation between my detectives and the, suggest the danger that can spring from unexpected places. And then in Court and Doubt and Darkness, uh, it mentions Christmas, but I use winter more as a force of nature that the protagonist Christopher Snow and forest ranger Jason Lightfoot battle as ominous and dangerous as any killer they're tracking. A wrong move, you know, a misplaced footstep, a misdirection, and the ability to find shelter could mean disaster for people who are unprepared for Northeasters. And Snow, since Christopher Snow, that's his name, also symbolizes the um, stoic cold side and unrelenting nature of the senior detective on the Christmas police Oh, Christmas on the Carlisle Police Force. Sherry, how about some winter books? Can you think of like? Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I had uh, got distracted for a minute. Um, I think that um, going beyond the Christmas and into the winter, um, as you're talking about, uh, Jody, is. The whole idea of snow, um, of being snowed in, uh, of being sort of trapped um, in a in a white world, um, sometimes very remotely, is a, a really common theme in um, in a lot of suspense books uh, and even horror books. And the whole idea of that isolation that comes with winter, at least in the north, um, and, and at least when it snows, is something that can really be used effectively by authors to, to amp up the uh, suspense. So I'll, I'll, I'll just run through King. a couple yeah. of books that yeah. I thought of um, w- with that theme. Um, the first one, uh, classic Stephen King, The Shining, Uh, you know, they're trapped in that giant hotel all alone, the family, in the winter um, as Jack Torrance just descends uh, piece by piece by piece, uh, bit by bit by bit into into madness. Um, Another one, another really good book, uses almost the same um, ploy, Remote House, this time it involves, instead of madness, a deadly virus. Um, and that's a book by Ken Follett. Uh, you know, so, and, and all of these actually, you know, when you think about it, hark back in, in certain ways to that old Agatha Christie model. Of, you know, people start to die and then we see what happens. I just read a recent one by Ruth Ware um, called In a Dark Wood. Um, maybe it's in a dark, dark wood, but um, it was mm-hmm. really good. Um, it, it, it involved a, a, what they called a hen party because, once again, this is across the pond in England, uh, and they're in a big house, very remote, big front window that everybody can see into, um, and bad things start to happen. And there's tracks in the snow and strange happenings. Um, I, I got a couple more here just to, to run through. Um, there's uh, a Lincoln and Child, um, Preston and Child mystery called um, White Fire. 
um, that takes place uh, at a ski resort, sort of like Aspen out west, um, and they're snowed in Pendergast, um, for those of you who like the weird detective Aloysius Pendergast, and uh, his protege in this book, uh, I think her name's Corey Swanson, um, you know, they're, they're trapped there um, as, as things start to fall apart. Um, another really recent one that um, I just read uh, that's been very, very popular uh, is by an author named Alan Eskins um, called The Life We Bury. Um, and that's one where uh, a college student digs into a dying murderer's uh, story. So he he's doing this for a college project, and he gets drawn more and more into this question of, did this murderer really kill the, the person that he's gone to, to jail for? Uh, and some of those final scenes in that book um, involve the, the college student um, fleeing and being, uh, having to trek through the snow, uh, which really uh, makes for a very suspenseful situation. And then the final one I'll mention is a, a book um, that some people think of as Hillbilly Noir. Uh, it's called Winter's Bone by Daniel oh, Woodrell. Yeah. Um, and it's one where um, this young woman is uh, trying to um, save her family home. Her father's just a real um, loser guy, uh, and uh, they're poor, live in the Ozarks, and the the coming cold, the coming winter just emphasizes the plight and the clock that's ticking um, as she tries to navigate a way through drug dealers and all sorts of other awful people to to save uh, the home for her brothers and sisters. So, you know, winter, you go from one extent or one part of the, the spectrum where, you know, you've got cozy mysteries where, yeah, people are getting killed, but everything is all um, sort of uh, tied up very neatly to, uh, as you get deeper into winter, the, the mysteries and the suspense seem to be, you get a little bit uh, messier, maybe a little bit crazier sometimes, and definitely a little darker. <coughs> And two things I'd like to add to that um, is the Winter's Bone, the movie that was Jennifer Lawrence's breakout role. Um, oh yeah, and then right. and the, yeah, yeah, and and then the Ken Follett book that Sherry was talking about, the title's Whiteout. Um, and I uh, I highly recommend another series. It's by Robert Bernstein, Erica Fosler, and I think it's the third one. It's called um, The Girl in the Ice in which the discovery of the scene is literally, as it suggests, that during this blizzard, the detectives face a daunting, daunting, just a a snowstorm that never lets up. And it causes all sorts of chaos, thwarting their efforts to track down this serial killer who has um, targets young single women and for some reason um, puts them in the water and then until their eyes can stare up through the ice 
it's kind of uh, horrendous stopping to think about it. But, uh, the Christmas tree, uh, I'm, this is a quote from the book, and the Christmas trees are being fed into a chipper, the drone of the engine vibrating through the air. So in London, the holidays are over. <laughs> With a line like that. Um, the urban dangers, yeah, the urban dangers emerge once again, which also reminds me of another, uh, you know, Fargo, another winter uh, scene. It would also involve a wood chipper, correct? <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Reminding me of it, but but that's my favorite winter novel is a whole another. It's called Winter Sea by Susanna Kersley, in which uh, the winter yields a powerful life and death hold over the protagonist and disaster and, and distance uh it causes all of these um the, uh, all these different kinds of uh, i would say difficulties in which separate keep separating the protagonist it's a truly heartbreaking and joyful book at the same time. I've read it three times. It's a really, really my favorite winter book. Oh, wow. So you um, really, really like it. I, I, yeah, I really, really like it. And another one that comes to mind is Louise Penny's The Three Pines series. Now, that's uh, set in Canada. And it uh, features her DCI, her chief, the detective chief inspector, Armand Gamache series. And snow seems to be a constant threat. And it's snowing uh, all the time, or most of the time. They do have a brief summer. So, so you know, I, I think we could keep going on and on about winter books. Um, but, um, you know, I have to admit, like Jody, I'm not above using winter um, in uh, in my plots either. The In fact, the new book that I have coming out in... Uh, in February is called Dead of Winter. Now it you know completes the four seasons in my series, but there are several critical scenes that take place uh, in the winter in the snow, um, and you know the, the sort of the same theme. Um, it makes it more harder. It makes it harder um, to deal with uh, the danger. Uh, it's, it becomes, I think, a little more elemental when you're dealing not only with bad people but bad weather and your options are limited. Um, so that, um, you know, winter uh, is, a, as I said earlier, um, a much, much darker uh, sort of season to deal with, a set of circumstances and weather to deal with that can often be used really, really effectively um, by authors, as opposed to Christmas, which is supposed to be, in most cases, a, a warm season, a, you know, a, a happy season. Um, and so it's, it's, it does happen, like James Elroy, but much less often um, do authors use Christmas um, it, for really, really dark novels. Yeah. Um, before we go, Sherry and I have some recommendations about great books to buy as presents for your friends who like mysteries and suspense and thrillers uh, that don't necessarily have anything to do with Christmas, but we like them. So my, one of my favorites is Thomas Perry's Jane 
Whitefield series, and it's one of my favorites because she takes people away from harm and danger, which is the opposite of what most detectives do. Um, Jane's a a rather complicated character, and uh, she's married, and she has many ties, some to Native Americans like her, and others are nefarious uh, criminals. And some of them are uh, illegal people who do illegal things, like make IDs for people who are running away. And she also has secrets and that she keeps for reasons that I can't divulge because uh, I think at the expense of ruining the story. Another one is Jacqueline and Winsphere's Maisie Dobbs series. It's arresting because it's set right after World War One, which not as many people know about as much as so much as World War II. She tells the story of a poor little girl who's being raised by a single parent, her dad. More interesting is the education she receives, and it enables her to become what we would call today a private investigator. Each of the books revolves around a different case, but read Maisie Dobbs first. It's the one that explains all the rest. And I know I've mentioned Brunonia Berry before, and I'll probably will again, because her first book, The Lace Reader, is set in Salem, Massachusetts. And yes, there are ties to witchcraft in the story, of which the city is famous, or should I say infamous. The main character is called Towner Whitney. And the first thing she says is in, on the opening pages, I lie. Barry handles this unreliable narrator better than most. On the way, readers learn about the history of Ipswich Lace. I love this story. They all sound Karen? pretty good. I mean, I'm a big um, <laughs> Jane Whitefield fan myself. I always look forward to mm-hmm. each new book um, of her, well, by Thomas Perry, uh, about mm-hmm. her. He I, also writes other books, but... Um, in terms of some good books for presents, um, I, I thought I'd mention uh, a few uh, of my favorite authors uh, who have new books out. Uh, Daniel Silva, um, who writes the Gabrielle Allon story um, stories. He's a interesting, uh, charismatic Israeli spy who, uh, whose cover is as an art restorer, but uh, he keeps getting pulled into um, to, uh, you know, spy, spy things. Um, it, his new book is called The Other Woman, and it's gotten really good reviews. Lee Child, um, always one of my favorites, has a new book out, uh, Past Tense. Uh, Gail Linz, um, speaking of spies, uh, either The Assassins or her book before that, Book of Spies, um, are both ones that will keep you on the edge of your seat. And, you know, these are all well-established, well-known authors, but uh, a couple of um, other ones that I'd mention is J.J. Uh, Hensley, um, a former Secret Service agent who who writes books now. Um, his latest in the Trevor Galloway story uh, series is called Record Scratch. Uh, it involves a, a murdered man and a search for an important uh, vinyl record um, that he left behind. 
And then we had a guest uh, on the Milford House Mysteries here a, f- a few, um, oh, maybe about a month or so ago, Maddie Dalrymple. Uh, she has a new Lizzie Ballard uh, suspense book out called Snakes and Ladders, um, and that's a, that's a paranormal right. book. So, you know, there's all sorts of um, books out there by authors, old and new, that you can uh, read um, for buy for others or read for yourself. Um, so I think... Uh, we're sort of running out of time. I I know one of the things I keep reading about on Facebook, and I know you can't believe everything that you read on Facebook, but uh, this Finnish tradition of giving gifts of books on Christmas Eve, um, and then everyone um, snuggles in and spends the rest of the Christmas Eve reading these books. That sounds perfectly wonderful to me. Um, and, uh, you know, Jody and I could probably spend another hour just talking about books that uh, we love and books that we'd suggest that you buy. But as I said, we've run out of time for today. Now, speaking of buying books, this is a reminder to all you readers and listeners. Our books are available at Sunbury Press on online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online retailers and bookstores. And a special thanks to all of you for listening to Milford House Mysteries. We are glad you tuned in, and we hope you enjoyed our program. We'll be back on Blog Talk Radio in the new year, specifically on Thursday, January 10th, when we'll interview a Sunbury Press author. And I would just like to throw in a couple more examples of really good books that some people might not be familiar with. Deborah Crombie's Jim James and Duncan Kincaid's are excellent. Um, And so is Julia Spencer Fleming. You don't hear about her a lot, but um, Claire Ferguson is a priest, and then she eventually connects with the the sheriff, the local sheriff, and his name is Russ Van Alstyne, and that's a series. And the Charles Todd, Ian Rutledge series was also good, and they they contained several winter scenes. Um, oh, Sharon? and you know, let me throw in one I forgot. Sean Riley Simmons um, has a a really great uh, book out too. It's a, it's more of a cozy mystery um, about Christmas. So there's um, uh, her, she writes sort of gourmet themed memories mysteries. So anyway, you can spend all your holiday reading, um, and uh, in the meantime, if you want a little bit of more, um, Jody and me, you can follow us on social media. I'm on the web at www.sherrynolton.com, plus, of course, I'm on Facebook. And I'm on facebook.com backslash Crime Cases by J.M. West. And I have a new website, and it's called CarlisleCrimeCases.com. So please check it out. And until next time, happy holidays and happy new Merry year. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah. <laughs> we'll see you in 2019.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.